Hello, everybody. This is Mark Lewandowski. Welcome to Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business is all about building your personal capacity. Personal capacity is what is needed for you to grow in your career, make great decisions, and become a person of influence. So sit back and enjoy this content as I share with you insights and stories, examples, and personal challenges designed to do one thing, build your capacity to change your world. It happened again this morning. I was at a breakfast meeting and someone came up to me and they said, Mark, how can I become a more creative person? And I paused and I looked at him right in the eye and I said, the answer is simple. You already are creative. But what you haven't learned to do is you haven't learned to harness and use your creative ideas. See, my friends, The problem is not that people don't have creative ideas because they do. And in these next multiple podcasts, we're going to explore creativity. But what's frustrating is not the lack of creative ideas. What's frustrating is lots of ideas without any ability to harness them. See, lots of ideas equal frustration. But harnessed ideas, well, harnessed ideas equal opportunity. My name is Mark Lewandowski, and I have been studying creativity all my life. I did my PhD at age 29 in creative idea generation and entrepreneurship. I went on to run several companies, And during that time, I taught a class in a local university called Creative Thinking and Business. I taught that class for 15 years, had some of the brightest and smartest, most talented students you've ever seen in your life. I've written several books, some for myself, but for the most part, I've ghostwritten books for other people on business and on creativity. I recently spent two years in a developmental program postdoctorate at Stanford in Innovation and Entrepreneurship, and now, most recently, I've been asked by KRMG to host a one-hour radio talk show on Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Innovation and Entrepreneurship is absolutely the cutting edge of thought in today's world, and the reason is because years ago, You would come up with an idea, and the business life cycle for an idea would be 25 years. You'd have five years of formulation, 10 years of growth, 15 years of maturity, and then a short or or maybe a long fall off to decline. And as technology has increased, the lifespan of a business has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller, where today the life cycle of any idea Any business might be a year, two years, three years. Five years is a long-term strategic plan. So there's a greater need today to be creative than ever before. And that's why I'm launching this series of podcasts on harnessing creativity 
and riding innovation? The answer is simple. You can become a more creative person because you already generate ideas. See, idea generation is already part of who you are, and we're going to talk about that today in great detail. The thing that you must learn how to do is you've got to recognize your creative ideas, capture them, hone them, and then deploy them. That's a really important four-step process, recognizing that you had a great idea, capturing it so that you remember it over and over, and you can then craft it or hone it. And then finally, take a honed idea and deploy it. When you've done that, recognizing, capturing, honing, and deploying it, you have gone from an idea generator to an innovator. See, innovation is the application of creative thought. Innovation is doing something with that great idea. So today, becoming a creative person is already who you are. Innovating is within your reach. I'm really excited about it. We're going to start today by talking about creative environments and where ideas come from. See, if you took a tape measure and wrapped it around your head, your head is probably in circumference or about 22 inches. And that 22 inches is where all of your great ideas come from. It's that 22-inch space that we're going to focus on today. It's where do ideas come from? Ideas don't come from environments alone. See, I've seen videos about creativity mansions where people go and they go to the super creative environment. You know, environments don't create ideas. People do. I have studied mind generation, mind mapping, and um, brainstorming techniques that we use on a dry erase board. Dry erase boards and techniques don't generate ideas. People generate ideas. We've looked at games that stimulate more ideas, but games don't generate ideas. People generate ideas. And since every person is different, every creative environment is different. But what is common among all creative idea generation environments is something I want to talk to you first. For those of you who work for someone else, I want to talk about your workplace for just a moment. There's a lady I studied with years ago named Carolyn Bassett. Dr. Carolyn Bassett, she was brilliant. And she had this thing called the empowerment model. And the empowerment model was really special in understanding creative environments. Because she said that there are two kinds of people. There are people with an authentic ability to make a difference or capacity. In other words, the people that had authentic capacity could make a difference anywhere they went. If you're a person out there and you know that everywhere you go, you make an impact in that environment. You work hard. You're smart. You come up with an idea. You deploy that idea. You get it integrated in the organization. It becomes something successful. And you can do that over and over and over. You have authentic capacity to make an impact in your environment. But there are those who have inauthentic 
capacity to make a difference. These are people that are lucky. These are people that had a business decision to make and they didn't know what to do because they pretty much just weren't smart enough to know what to do. So they literally flipped a coin. Now, maybe they didn't flip an actual quarter, but they made a guess. They just guessed and they got it right. Well, the difference between a person with authentic capacity to make an impact and the person with inauthentic capacity is authentic people don't have to guess. They know. And inauthentic people rely upon luck. And if you've ever gambled, you know that your luck eventually runs out. You can't bet $5 on red or black at the roulette table and have it hit black every time. Eventually, it's going to be red. Therefore, inauthentic people that rely on luck don't really have the capacity to make a difference. It is that person that has an authentic capacity to make a difference that I'm speaking of. You have two different environments in which you work. You have a place that's closed to your ideas or a place that's open to your ideas. Any of you out there listening to my voice, if you have authentic ability to make an impact, but you're in an environment that does not listen to you, you are in a losing situation and you must get out. Being a person that's really creative, that is really authentically able to make an impact, if you are in an environment that's closed off to your ideas, you're going to experience a level of frustration that is absolutely devastating. I'll pause for a moment and I'm going to touch on a book written years ago by a great business philosopher named Douglas McGregor. He wrote a book called The Human Side of Enterprise. And in The Human Side of Enterprise, he talked about theory X and theory Y. And most of you know that to say that theory X and theory Y is based on whether a man is by nature lazy. And most people that have read or heard about The Human Side of Enterprise say that man is by nature lazy. But that is not what Douglas McGregor said. Douglas McGregor did not say that man is by nature lazy. In fact, in his original book, he said the opposite. He said man is by nature hardworking and motivated until which time, as the environment in which he works frustrates him so much that he no longer wants to work hard. See, if that's you, my friend, you've got to get out. You cannot be a person authentically able to make an impact and live in an environment that frustrates you until the point in which you give up. So before we even start talking about where do your creative ideas come from, let's make sure that you're aware that you already have creative ideas flowing through your brain, but the second you allow the environment to frustrate you, you will start losing those ideas and you will start losing the motivation to continue to capture, hone, harness, deploy those ideas. In other words, if you're in a bad environment, you've got to get out. So where do ideas come from? Some people say, Mark, my best ideas come in the shower. How come the great ideas come from the shower? Is it because of the water? Is it because of the warmth of the water flowing down on my head or my body? Is it because I'm standing naked in an all-glass environment where everyone can see? No, I don't think it's the water. I don't think it's the temperature. 
I don't think it's the glass wall in which you're standing naked and completely vulnerable to the world. None of that is why your ideas are so creative in the shower. Some people say to me, my best ideas happen when I'm mowing the lawn. And I say, ooh, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, they say, I'll get out there and I'll be mowing the lawn and I'm going back and forth and I'm going back and forth. And I start getting these ideas. Mark, why do I get my great ideas mowing the lawn? Is it the smell of the grass? Is it the roar of the engine? Is it the heat of the sun and the sweat falling down my face? And I say, no, it's not the smell of the grass. It's not the roar of the engine. It's not the sweat running down your face. Others say, my best ideas happen when I'm running. I get out. I get my tennis shoes on. I strap them up. I've got my favorite pair of shorts and a, and a good shirt that, that I love to run in. And I put in my buds or my headphones and I take off running. And pretty soon, I'm not even listening to the music, but I'm running. And by the time I get fully through mile one and my veins start to dilate and my blood is pumping and I'm really feeling the run, ideas come to me. Why? Is it the trail? Is it the music? Is it the sunshine? Is it the exercise? And I tell them it's not necessarily the trail. It's not the sunshine. It's not the exercise. It's all about your brain. See, the one thing that these all these behaviors have in common is the fact that they're all cross-connecting both sides of your brain. See, one of the theories on brains is that you have a hemispheric brain. It's the hemispheric brain theory. It basically says that you have a left side of your brain and the right side of the brain. And in the center that connect the two is called the corpus callosum. And that when you're moving your body, the left part of your body, the right part of your body, let's say that you're going for a walk and you're going left, right, left, right, left, right. Every time you're moving that right side of your body, you're stimulating left brain activity. And when you're moving the left side of your body, connected through your corpus callosum, you're stimulating right brain activity. And see, what's so exciting about that is that your brain halves have different and unique characteristics associated with them. See, people that are right body dominant are left brain dominant. And those people can most often be categorized as scientific, action-oriented, linear, direct, controlled. Their jobs might be accounting, bookkeeping, anything in which structure and order is fundamental to them. So it's not a perfect science. Sometimes people cross-connect and are able to use both sides of their brain, but for the most part, People that are right body dominant are left brainers. And the opposite is also true. People that are left body dominant also stimulate more right brain activity. And those people are often described as artistic, verbal, spatial, intuitive, excited. These are people that are make great salespeople. They make great artists. They often make great teachers. They're, they're often very 
um, out of the box. They often make great entrepreneurs, especially serial entrepreneurs who come up with a lot of ideas. The question is, if I'm left-brained, will I ever come up with a lot of ideas? The other one that says, if I'm right brain, am I the only person that's going to come up with the ideas? And the answer is absolutely no, because when you're in the shower and scrubbing your hair, using both sides of your body and standing up and moving, when you're on a run with your favorite headphones in your ears and you're taking off, you're moving left brain, right brain, left brain, right brain. So you're cross-connecting the parts of your body that are linear in other words, very structured thought processes with relationship, the right side of your brain. So let's let's remember this little key. Left linear, right relationship. Left linear means I'm thinking about things in order. I'm thinking from a structured perspective. The left side of your brain remembers a story in order of exactly the way the events occurred. The right side of your brain stores unrelated connectivity, like a person's face and their name. The right side of your brain stores names where you see somebody in the mall and you're like, oh my God, I've forgotten who that is. Oh no, who is that? Who is that? Oh, I recognize their face. Those things are stored in the right side of your brain. The relationship between a person's face and their name is not a linear process. It's a relationship. It, it, their face has nothing to do with their name. In fact, many people were named long before they were even seen. Therefore, the name and the face can't connect. So you've got to stimulate left of your body activity to trigger the name to be remembered in the right side of your brain. But moving on, how does that connect with you and ideas? When you are left, right, left, right, left brain, right brain, you are taking a linear idea or problem and you're throwing in unrelated creative thoughts into the linear process. That's why you come up with so many great ideas when you're mowing the lawn or showering or going for a job because you're stimulating left and right brain activity simultaneously. That is where ideas come from. But there's one more. There's something also very important I want to connect on. And that connection is not just hemispheric integration, but auto process thinking. So there's another philosophy about the brain. And it's called the triune brain theory. And it basically says that you have three ways of thinking. You have you have conscious thought, pre-conscious thought, and subconscious. I'm not even going to talk about subconscious thought. I'm going to talk about conscious and pre-conscious thought. Conscious thought is what I'm doing right now for the most part. I'm trying to consciously be aware of how to communicate my ideas to you. I'm aware of what I'm thinking about. But in a few minutes, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to drive 105 miles to a meeting. And I promise you, once I get in my car, which is a very comfortable environment, the seat I know, the steering wheel I know, all the gauges I know, I will be able to operate the radio and the air conditioning, the cruise control, the gas and the steering wheel and the brake, everything without ever thinking about it. That is pre-conscious thought. It happens automatically. And it's that when my brain moves 
from consciously aware of everything I'm thinking, feeling, experiencing, understanding, and I allow my brain to slip into pre-conscious thought, that's where ideas come from as well. So combine those two. When you're mowing the lawn or going for a jog, even though you might have headphones in, you're probably playing music that you know very well. Most people put on their on their phone their favorites list. So you know every word of those songs you're playing. So running and listening to music that you're very comfortable with and you know well helps to move you from conscious thought into pre-conscious thought. And when you are triggering left and right brain activity, moving from conscious thought to pre-conscious thought, you have the perfect storm. The perfect storm that's going to generate ideas. And they're not going to just be crappy ideas. They're going to be good ideas. And the reason I tell you they're good ideas is because most of your ideas stimulate around or center around opportunities or problems that you currently are experiencing. Those are the things that are stored in the left side of your brain. So you're taking existing problems or opportunities that are in your mind that you're frustrated with and you're smashing them together like a big bang theory collision. You're smashing a problem with ideas and you're doing it in an environment in which you're not aware that you're thinking about it. You have almost drifted into like la-la land. It's why do ideas happen just before you fall asleep? It's the exact same thing. You are drifting from a a conscious level of thought into pre-conscious. Now, the ideas you get just before you fall asleep are not as powerful as the ones you get on a walk or mowing the lawn or in the shower. And here's why. Because you're really not, when you're falling asleep, you're not stimulating left and right brain activity through body movement. You're just drifting from conscious to pre-conscious. It is those times in which you're actively involved in movement that you come up with your best ideas. And it gives you an idea to do the next component of our process is to capture that idea. How many of you have experienced a great frustration because... Yesterday, you came up with a great idea. You were so excited about that idea. It was a eureka of enormous proportions. But today, damn it, you can't remember what that idea was. There's nothing more frustrating than having a great idea and not remembering what that idea was. Finally, I will tell you that creative environments don't rely upon silence or quiet. Some people do beautifully in a silent environment. Some people do beautifully in a loud environment. Silence and noise are the same if they allow you to drop from conscious to pre-conscious thoughts. Some people are extremely creative inside, while others are creative outside. It has nothing to do with the freshness of the air. It has everything to do with where you're comfortable enough to move from conscious to pre-conscious thought. Some people get their very best ideas in church. 
while other people get their very biased ideas in a bar over a beer. And the reason is because both environments are comfortable to certain people. It's all about escaping from your bills, your worries. All those are conscious things that drain creativity. You have to move from the conscious into the pre-conscious. Next, we're going to talk about capturing those ideas. We've got to go from recognizing that you have a great idea to capturing that idea and holding it. And then what do you do with it? See, if I've got a great horse and that horse is out in the field running around, boy, it's beautiful and I love that horse. It's fun to watch that horse jump and run and move. They're beautiful and they're graceful. But I can't do anything with that horse until I recognize that I have the horse and I capture it. I train it and I deploy it. That's the process we're going to be working through in these next several podcasts. And I look forward to you doing two things, listening and sharing with your friends. And next, catching us on our website or on KRMG. We're going to be doing a lot of work on your creativity and most importantly, migrating you from a person of great creative thought into a person that is truly, powerfully innovative. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mind Your Business. Please check me out on Facebook and Instagram and be sure to send me a message if there's something you need or want me to talk about. You know, the great motivational speaker Zig Ziglar once said, you can have anything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. What does that mean for you today? That means if there's something in this content that is exciting and really resonates with you, pass it along to your friends. Share it. Let them develop and become strong in their thinking, in their motivation, in their knowledge, just like you are. Together, knowledgeable, you and your friends will change the world.